0: Today is Monday, July 12, 2021. On this day in 1987, Valerio Vici, also known as the Wolf, robbed the Knightsbridge Safe Deposit Center. He escaped with valuables that would be worth over $130 million today, making it one of the largest bank heists in British history. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this crime, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes depictions of violence that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering Great Britain's largest bank heist, the Knightsbridge Security Deposit Robbery. Let's go back to central London on the afternoon of July 12th, 1987.
1: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details.
0: The bank manager unlocked the safety deposit box room to let in two mysterious patrons— Inside, the hundreds of boxes hid the most closely guarded treasures of London's elite. Precious jewels, relics, and priceless memorabilia were stored there by the city's millionaires, government officials, and royalty. There were darker secrets there, too. Bricks of cocaine, undeclared money, and buried truths that could destroy lives if revealed to the world but starting on July 12th, almost all of it belonged to a band of thieves. When the bank manager brought the two potential clients into the private room, they reached into their briefcases and drew guns. One of the men gave a roguish grin and with a sledgehammer Italian accent, told it to the manager straight. This was a robbery. The caper's mastermind was 32-year-old Valerio Vici. To his friends and admirers, he was simply known as the Wolf. Vici was an Italian playboy who joined up with neo-fascists early in his life, bombing political targets and painting swastikas on public fronts. By 1986, he was through with politics. From then on, he pursued only his three great loves—weapons, beautiful women, and fast cars. That year, he moved to London as a fully realized gangster. He wore a golden key ring in the shape of a shotgun. He carried a $1,000 Louis Vuitton briefcase with the combination code 357 after his favorite caliber of Magnum. He saw himself as a mix between every sexy Hollywood outlaw and Tony Montana from Scarface. He sported an ego the size of the Roman Colosseum to boot. Wherever he went, he wanted everybody to know that the wolf had arrived, and they should be paying attention to him. And they did. His ultra-right-wing politics weren't the only thing he left behind in Italy. He had scored over 50 documented armed robberies, fueling a rock star lifestyle. In London, he sought his biggest dream, a score that history would remember. The Wolf knew that every great thief deserved an equally crooked partner. Hanging around sleazy nightclubs, he met 30-year-old Parvez Latif. Parvez was a cocaine fiend who owed huge sums of money all over town. He was the Wolf's kind of guy. Crazy, hard partying, and desperate. Parvez was also the manager of the security deposits at the Knightsbridge Bank. The Wolf had been casing the place for weeks already, and Parvez literally held the keys. After a brief bromance between the two, Parvez was in. His salary had been slashed since the security boxes weren't full to capacity. With debt collectors breathing down his neck, Parvez needed money badly. And that's exactly what the Wolf was pitching. After 3pm on Sunday, July 12th, the wolf arrived at the bank for a scheduled tour. He brought Eric Rubin along with him, a salesman and petty crook. Their tour guide was none other than Parvez. Parvez greeted the wolf like they didn't already know each other, then led him and Eric into the vault. The wolf then asked to be taken to a private room. When the door closed, he whipped out his Beretta and Eric produced a sawed-off shotgun. The two swept through the halls and cuffed a few security guards during the lax afternoon shift. From that moment, they had less than 90 minutes to get the goods and get out before the next security shift walked through the door. The wolf hung a closed sign at the front entrance and opened the back door to a team of men waiting for him. Like Eric, they were low-level criminals that he could control. If any of them backed out or considered double-crossing him, the wolf promised he would find them and kill them. Since there were no skeleton keys or magic security button that popped open the four thousand tiny metal doors, the wolf had to pop off the locks in the room by hand. Every one of them took minutes to crack, and the clock was ticking. But thanks to Parvez's insider knowledge, the thieves already knew exactly which boxes were empty and which were full. The wolf dashed around the vault as if it was his own living room. In fact, he had painstakingly recreated the dimensions of the vault layout in his luxury apartment, measuring out the floor plan with yarn. The crew bagged the treasure from the boxes while Parvez acted terrified, just like any bank manager should. 90 minutes blew by, but the laser-focused Italian playboy got everything he came for. Before the robbers left with millions in stolen loot, the Wolf made one mistake. In his hurry, he cut himself, then touched one of the metal deposit boxes with his ungloved hand. This left a single bloody fingerprint behind. That one red mark would be enough to bring history's greatest bank heist crashing down. Up next, the wolf hunt begins.
2: The CIA. They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series... Conspiracy Theories, CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories, CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every
1: Thursday, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all.
0: On July 12, 1987, Valerio Vici, alias The Wolf, and his accomplices pulled off the Knightsbridge security deposit robbery. In under two hours, the crew broke into 121 safety deposit boxes. Altogether, the stolen goods were worth an estimated 40 million pounds, worth 97 million pounds today, which is equal to over 130 million U.S. dollars. A mere hour after the crew bolted in their van with the goods, Scotland Yard was on the case it didn't take long for them to find the wolf's bloody fingerprint. They got a positive ID connecting the job to several other daring armed robberies around London in the past year. On August 12, 1987, exactly one month after the robbery, police hit the Knightsbridge crew across London in a coordinated sting. Among the arrested were Eric Rubin, the salesman, and the crew's inside man, Parvez Latif. But they couldn't nab the wolf himself because he wasn't in the country. He had moved to Latin America enjoying the life of a millionaire playboy and world-famous bank robber. It turned out, though, that the wolf wasn't all hotshot braggadocio and womanizing. His one true love was still waiting for him in London, his Ferrari Testarossa. Feeling he was invincible, he returned to London to ship his Ferrari back to Latin America. Once he had a ride back, he couldn't help himself but drive to one of his old haunts, the White's Hotel in London, for a couple drinks and a quick brag. As he headed back to his car, police surprised him with a blockade. Officers smashed in the Ferrari's windshield and dragged him out, kicking and screaming. Serving 22 years in Parkhurst Prison, the wolf was a king among villains. He reportedly sported a t-shirt that read, I Love Knightsbridge that had a smiley face with dollar signs for eyes. In November 1992, after nearly five years in maximum security, the wolf was extradited to Italy. Italy's rehabilitation system allowed him the freedom to walk the Adriatic coastline and work in an office by day. He only returned to jail at 10.30 at night. But at 7.45 in the morning, he was free to get some decent breakfast outside the jail cafeteria. Freely giving interviews of his exploits, he described the Knightsbridge job as pure magic, his finest moment. He said that about a third of the loot was never even claimed by the victims, who were either too embarrassed or better off ignoring the existence of their stolen goods. Only a fraction was ever recovered. The Wolf seemed to settle in as a retired gangster, but in 2000, he decided he didn't want to go out with a whimper. On April 19th, The 45-year-old Wolf sat in a stolen Lancia with another convict, daywalker, Antonio Malatesta. Antonio was a member of the Sacred United Heart, a gang that specialized in kidnappings and armed robberies. The two prisoners were either laying an ambush on an armored car or planning a kidnapping. Whatever it was, it never unfolded because patrolman Enzo Baldini spotted the two suspicious men idling on an isolated road. When Enzo approached their car, the wolf drew his revolver and shot the policeman in the leg. Enzo dropped and the wolf stepped out, marching over to the fallen officer to execute him. But Enzo was faster. He fired 15 rounds from his submachine gun, The wolf spun and collapsed onto the road. Malatesta tried to run, but he was shot and recaptured. Meanwhile, arriving police hovered over the gunman. No one even recognized the wolf at first, the world's greatest bank robber, lying dead on the road. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Daniel William Gonzalez, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Carter
2: from Parcast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify.